Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to another Richard Hayes That's Square Theatre podcast. The guest this week is Lucy Porter. Um... If you would like to come and see me on tour, I'm doing a best-of show that's going really well, I'm very pleased with, and the upcoming dates are 16th, 17th, and 18th of February. I am in um, London Square Theatre. Um, if that's selling quite well, especially if you want to come on Saturday. And the 19th of February, I'm at Bury St. Edmunds, which is also selling pretty well. And don't forget, I'm also doing the final As It Occurs to Me on the 12th of February at the Leicester Square Theatre, and that one is just about to sell out, so be quick if you want to come along to that. Go to richtang.com slash the underscore best slash tour or richtang.com slash gigs and you can see all the places I'm coming on tour. Let's sit back and enjoy Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who this morning woke up with a mysterious round mark on his wrist that he cannot explain. He wasn't even drunk last night. It's Richard Herring! <laughs> Thank you kindly. Thank you very much. Welcome to the show. 
Uh, it's Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. I was down at the uh, house where the, uh, the apprentice candidates uh, hang out. They call it Rahalastapa there, I think that's it. They call it the process of Rahalastapa. That's what they... That's what they call it. I'm just going to get into this camera because I want to show the people at home my mysterious uh, marking that has appeared. That's weird when you make it. It doesn't hurt. Can you see that? I'll see if you can see it. Hold on. People at home won't be able to hit them. Can you see that there? That very distant. <laughs> doesn't hurt. I didn't get uh, drunk last night. I'd like to, Well, I got a bit drunk, didn't I? But I didn't get that drunk. And I, it does, Look at that, people at home. Ooh, look how astonished and disgusted. What do you think that is? Is it? Let's go. I want it, kind of. It's like it looks like a bruise. Is that what a ringworm does? No. Come here, then, mate. Said, Come here, or James Herriot. There you go. And you have to stick your hand up my ass to you to to work out what. It's a very mysterious thing. I think I might have been abducted by aliens. That's odd, isn't it? When you wake up and a mark's on you and you don't know where that's from. It makes me wonder if I just have blacked out. And who knows what's been going on in my life. Uh, that's my excuse if my wife finds anything out. So uh, I, uh, the news that's come up, I don't know if, um, the, the, by the time people at home, uh, all sorts of things might have happened in this particular story, but uh, you may remember CJ uh, from Eggheads <laughs> wrote an autobiography in which he admitted that he thought he'd killed someone in Amsterdam by kicking them into a canal 20 years ago. Uh, and then a year later, after that was published, the police got round to investigating it and he was arrested for murder, because he'd admitted. Uh, and then he was let go, because they they'd done the wrong forms or something, and they didn't have enough... There wasn't enough evidence, and I think they thought he was making it up, which is what I think. But now CJ from Eggheads is suing the police for the wrongful arrest of... That's quite a, that's quite a scam to have pulled off, isn't it, for CJ from Eggheads? He's admitted killing someone, then been arrested for it, and then is suing the police for... The crime that he made up himself. It's quite, I have to say, I'm very impressed by CJ from Eggheads. And I, you know, I'm slightly worried about him suing me for all the things I just said then. Come and have a go if you think you're hard enough, CJ from Eggheads. Uh, and what else? This week I've been um, filming a, uh, a for, as it occurs to me, which should be out very soon, a Artemis, some people call it. And it's, um, uh, I've been uh, doing, I did five sketches of a series of six. Uh, which were about me having sex with a robot made out of toasters. So that's been quite an, that's been quite an unusual week for me. Uh, there was one episode of it that involves my daughter coming in with my wife and seeing me having sex with a toaster robot and then being disgusted. So I had to... My daughter... <laughs> I wasn't actually having sex with... The, it was, we were acting. Uh, but my, my daughter came in and uh, to make her feel more comfortable I uh, let her come and meet the robot because I was worried she'd be scared of it. She came and she wasn't scared, she loved it. It had like these two funnels on for breasts, upside down funnels, and my daughter just immediately went... So, you know, she's take, she takes after me. That is the... That's the that's, I don't know if that's going to mentally scar her. She seemed to enjoy it at the time, but I just wonder if she'll be with a therapist in 20 years. I'm going, yeah, my dad made me watch him have sex with a load of toasters. Is that, has that happened to anybody else? I can go, no? Okay, well. And uh, I'd like to say hello to Matthew Payne. Who's, uh, there he is. He's the uh, VIP guest there. He's put his hat on for a second. Thank you. He's uh, paid extra money. He may ask a question. Do you shout out if I forget. You can ask a question uh, to Lucy Port uh, later on. You're drinking the... Fi- it cost uh, £19, the champagne today, which is uh, the second most expensive bottle of champagne that uh, I've given to VIP guests. So... <laughs> 
That's, you know, usually at Sainsbury's you can get one for 15. I got one from Waitrose for 13 the other week, so that is 19 pounds you've had there. <laughs> Which, given how much you paid for the tickets, might seem. And the hats, uh, 20 pounds. I gave you two hats, that's 40p I've given you in, in hats. Because it's the end of the series, nearly. I've kind of splashed out. Anyway, I sense uh, people aren't as interested in this as I am. So I will... If anyone, ha- if anyone has any uh, theories about that straight at home, if anyone knows what that is, you've seen it up close. I may, by the time this comes out, I may be dead. It might be like... It could be like in Game of Thrones, couldn't it? That is just the beginning of the... Whatever that stuff. What's that called? Nerds? You know. When they uh, gets that disease, then Ian Glenn gets that disease and it goes... What's it called? Grayscale. It could be that, couldn't it? Could be pink scale. Uh, so um, let's crack on. Bruise scale. It sounds some kind of weird bruise from. I wonder what I did. Anyway, please welcome, sit back and welcome uh, a woman who is probably best known for her appearance on Clive Dunn, a tribute. <laughs> that's, where, that's where we know her from. It's Lucy Porter, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, please welcome Lucy Porter. Lovely Lucy Porter. Hello, come in. Pull up a microphone, sit down, make yourself at home. Evening. How are you doing? I'm, I'm both honoured and humbled uh, to be in your presence. Good. Uh, correct. That is cor- <laughs> that's the correct reaction. And no one has ever said that in the 132 episodes I've done so far. I get uh, excited about Clive Dunn, though. So, yeah, exactly. You know. Were you a big fan of Clive Dunn's? No. <laughs> How did you end up in the tribute show to Clive? He's dead. Clive Dunn's dead, by the way. He's died twice because it came up again this year, didn't it? It came up quite recently. He died. But he in was surprisingly young in Dad's Army. That was the thing. He was. Yeah. We all had to say on the Clive Dunn tribute program, you had to say, even though he seemed so old, he was but a thirty-four-year-old man when yes. he recorded that. Yeah, it was a completely shameless act of whoring on my behalf where they said did you like dad's army and I was like yeah it was alright and they said would you like 500 pounds to say that you like dad's army and I was I probably could yeah I could probably do that but he was he was a great actor he was and he was a great singer let's make the rest of this podcast just a tribute to Clive Dunn let's just talk about our memories of Clive Dunn because there was a lot that didn't go out on the Channel 5 tribute to Clive Dunn that I I feel should have granddad we love you didn't he he did he He did and I think he did some follow up singles as well which didn't do quite Actually, it was a good one, and I can't remember it, but if you check it out, Danny Baker tweeted about one of... He, had, he did a song that was quite, like, groovy and quite good. I've fun. got a lot of old comedians' records. Yeah. There was a uh, there was an album called All You Are Awful, yes. which had uh, Jim Dale. You remember Jim Dale? Fantastic lyricist. Right. He wrote the lyrics to Georgie Girl. He wrote Dicky Dum Dum Dicky Dum Dum Dicky Dum Dum Ball Dicky Dum Dum Dicky Dum Dum. Fantastic lyricist. <laughs> I listen to a lot of CBBS theme tunes at the moment, yes. so that to me is uh, is high art. Yeah, me no, too. the Dicky Dum Dum was uh, it was all a swinging sixties. It was got to go to Piccadilly. Piccadilly, and it was all about going yes. down the King's Road and picking up girls in go-go boots. And he and did a t- he didn't do You Are Awful, but I like you. Kind of done that. That must have been Dick Emery. Yeah, that was Dick Emery. Yeah, okay. There was uh, Brian uh, George Roper, whatever his name was. Brian Murphy. Murphy. Well done. Um, I saw him today. I was watching. Uh, I was going to talk about this in the opening titles, but I saw uh, Danny Dyer's uh, "Who Do You Think You Are," which is fucking amazing. I mean, if you're at home, <laughs> it's just the most f- amazing. I love Who Do You Think You Are. I love it. I, I want it. to become famous just so I can be on Who Do You Think You Are. That's, that's the only thing I want from being... I could get back on TV so I can do that. 
and it's just the most spectacular. Well, I saw the 90-second yeah. edited package that someone had done on the internet, yeah. which was all you needed to know. Well, I, it's, it's, I don't know. It's the, it was the juxtaposition. He goes, is, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's, it would have been a while now since it's been out. His family tree goes back to uh, the royal family. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. He goes, but it goes to this, arist- this, <laughs> this aristocrat's... Uh, in Oxfordshire or somewhere, and he goes to this massive mansion. He's driving along, going, "This is a nice gaff." Guys, look at him. It's a massive. Look. And then he goes, "He's got a fucking moat. He's got a moat." <laughs> <laughs> the, the guy has a drawbridge, you know. And and so then this guy, who is whatever cousins, how many times removed of Danny Dyer, is sort of walking along with Danny Dyer. Uh, it's brilliant. It's, it's absolutely the best. But Brian Murphy is in uh, uh, is in Run for Your Wife. Which um, is, is that what it's called? The one about the taxi driver, where he's a big taxi driver? The Ray Cooney. Ray Cooney the, film. Denise Van Out. Denise Van Out and the girl from uh, Girls Aloud. Sarah and, Harding. Yeah, and Rolf Harris. Mm-hmm. And Brian Murphy's in the trailer. <laughs> so that's, that's the reason that I, I went back to that. For so. my 40th birthday, my husband bought me uh, Run For Your Wife on DVD, Both. signed by uh, Brian Ricks mm. and Vicky Michelle. Wow. He was one of the producers of it. Nice. And I love it. They're awed by Vicky Michelle there. Uh, uh, it did the kind of... I think it's one of the worst... It made like 20 Yeah, it was a terrible the thing. Box box office, yeah. It's worth watching the trailer of that. And then watch uh, Who Do You Think You Are? Because then your, your opinion of Danny Dyer will change, will spin around. But it's well worth seeing. I can't, that's, so anyway, I can't remember. We, that was because of... That was there was of also Brian on Murphy. that album, there was Terry Scott did a song called I Like Birds. <laughs> And it's one of the... Do look it up. Terry's got a lot of birds. All kinds of birds. And it's obviously... It's about birds. And some birds are called tits. They are. That's that's good. Yeah. I've saved you time. There we go. (laughs) Good. Uh, So, look... We used to share flats in Edinburgh a lot. Well, didn't so we? Have a, so we had all sorts. That's of, what I call the wilderness years. All the tales we could tell of it. Well, it was like you met your husband in that flat. I know. And I was in that flat. That's why I was single <laughs> in that flat. You had a choice of two men. To be honest, Sarah Kendall was there, and she was the most attractive prospect, was, even though I am was... a straight woman. But uh, yes, <laughs> she rejected me, so yeah. I moved down the list, uh, and <laughs> Justin was next. Yeah, and then you know it yeah. could, what could have been had could he have not been, been amazing. unexpectedly available. There was like a year. There was a one. It was happened halfway through um, our three or four years. There was a, a couple of years where you weren't together. Yeah, and we shared. It took you a little while to. It took you a little while to fall in love with each other. I think it was the night. The night that sealed it for me was when we did uh, kitchen karaoke, (laughs) and uh, you stripped to the waist for reasons that weren't even clear at the time. (laughs) And um, yeah, we all danced around the kitchen doing this, and uh, so I can't. There was a lot of country and western songs, and there was a lot of sort of. uh, Sarah Kendall and I did the rap from TLC's Waterfalls, as I recall. And um, and and Justin being six foot five, a ridiculous height for anyone to be, um, and I'm four foot eleven, and he kind of picked me up and sort of flung me around the kitchen, and uh, I thought that's the man I'm going to marry. <laughs> and does he do that all the time? Still, is that, <laughs> he's is never that, done it never again. again. <laughs> that was the promise. Maybe that's how you got him. Um, I haven't be. seen the. Show me because you didn't. Yeah, no, I tell you. 
I had this uh, at the Edinburgh Festival where yeah. I had mystery bruising here, yeah. and it was because I'd been leaning on the microphone stand right. <laughs> in a kind of sort of you know. I wonder what I've been repetitively doing with my right hand. Let to make a mark. It's all, yeah, the tales that hand could tell, could. Richard. The tales it could tell. <laughs> would be one tail I'm <laughs> <laughs> quite repetitive tail. stretching back now uh, 35 years um, 35 that's you've, 35 you've years of masturbation yeah, I would okay. say yeah. how old are you? I'm 49 okay uh, probably I'd say 36 37 I was quite an early start <laughs> I mean I thought that seemed late yeah. for you but uh... thank you <laughs> what a wonderful journey it has been <laughs> Um, so you're very small and your husband is very tall. Yes. Are you planning to try and breed average-sized people? Is that, was that your plan? Is a sort of experiment? It was like a medical experiment. Because, yes. you know, I mean, everybody said this is kind of, you know, it's like crossing a cart horse with a Shetland pony. You yeah. know, it's, it's ambitious. And... Um, and then when I was pregnant, everyone was terrified for me. And you know, like normally, you sort of you get pregnant, and people are like, "Oh, that's wonderful! Congratulations!" And with me, they're like, "Congratulations!" But are you going to have a C-section? Because uh, that's going to be hard work. But um, they were normal. They were yeah. normal when they came they out. Were. They're massive now. Yeah. They are like I was saying. You know how you have to sort of start moving things up onto higher shelves as kids get older. I can now no longer reach the cleaning fluids <laughs> in my own home. <laughs> they're outstripping me very quickly. Right. But so. I have that. All my friends' kids, uh, you know, when they get to about nine or ten, like they graduate from having the marks on the door of how tall they are to when will it be that I overtake Lucy <laughs> to be a, a normal adult-sized human being. No. It's fine then. It's all right. I like having, so I have a lot of tall people on this podcast. So I always like it when it's small people who are smaller than me. It's you and Matthew Crosby so far. <laughs> that's, that's I should have bred with Matthew Crosby. That would have been much better. I might see what he's up to what now. What terrible hobbit children those would be. <laughs> <laughs> well, Justin, when Justin did a programme called Fast and Loose, which was a sort of improv thing on BBC Two, and the guy who booked that... I don't even think he realised, but he booked um, Justin, Greg Davies, who's two inches taller than Justin, and Humphrey Carr, who is about yeah. sort of six six. And I was like, this this producer's got a type. <laughs> he doesn't know it, but he's got a type. And I went to like the you know the rap party for that, and it was like, <laughs> I don't mind. No, it's nice being little, isn't it? It's like, do you know what, actually? It works as a combination because he reaches all the high stuff yeah. and then I am the floor ninja, so I go for anything that's kind of, you know, anything that's on the floor. It's like Jack Spratt and his wife, isn't it? Yeah. He can't reach anything in the middle because <laughs> he can't bend down and you can't reach Justin up. Justin Edwards could reach no low and his wife could reach <laughs> no high. One day he picked up a thing and she had to sweep up a pie. Oh, that's good. That, no. it's, it's an instant classic. It is. <laughs> right, I want to talk to you about uh, the quiz shows that I always talk about. You've been on Pointless. Oh. Pointless Celebrities. It's my favourite. Do you know you were saying you want to be famous for yeah. the, who, who do you think you are? For me, it's quizzing yeah. is the thing that I now feel that that's the whole reason that I do stand-up is so I can do quizzes. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, but, yeah, so I did Pointless. I had a second bite at Pointless, oh, this series. Which, again, no spoilers. Yeah. But, all I was, so last time I was on with Ed Byrne. Yeah. And we got to the final round of Pointless. And we were defeated by John McCrurick and his wife, the booby. 
Um, and, you know, John McCreary, I've played poker with John McCreary as yes. well. I, you know, we sort of, our paths keep crossing, and I don't get to like him anymore any time <laughs> I ever meet him. And, uh, and we got knocked out. So the question was about Top of the Pops house dancers. Right. And uh, the, so it was, you know, name Top of the, top of the Pops dancing troops, and they went for can't remember anyway they went for one and we had a choice and ed said let's go for legs and co mistake i know and i was like i I was like it feels wrong but i don't know why it feels wrong and of course as everyone you're all sitting there knowing legs and co were of course an itv dance troupe uh as seen on kenny everett and that sort of thing that was hot gossip yeah Oh, was that hot gossip? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, then that's how... That's no, it, yeah. that was the wrong... So I've yeah. now got it wrong again. Yeah. Okay. So he got it wrong and then you got it wrong. He got it wrong and then I've done that thing. Yeah. Of getting, yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was wrong. It's, so, it's all of mine. I can't talk about the five. I've been on the third time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, if you go on four times without giving too much away and you don't win, think, have, I, have I been on four times or three times? I don't even know. I've been on it so many times. I'm not going to say if I've won the last... Uh, and you know, guess the point. If I go on four times, that's just like the law of averages say you should win one <laughs> just by luck of the way it falls falls through. So yes, that's well, this good. time. But it's it always was... been the person I've been with's fault. Yeah, I know. What well, do you know? This and I went time, with my wife this time. So that's <gasps> was it. Celebrity couples. It was it was celebrity family. We got called up the day before the recording because um, uh, John Stapleton and uh, Lynn Fallswood had pulled out. <laughs> That's where I am on the celebrity <laughs> ladder. <laughs> they thought it's the day before. Who will do it? <laughs> And has a, has a fam. <laughs> That's very well. I was on with Rob Deering this time, oh, who is an amazing oh, quizzer. Oh, you won. Our pre show chat, we were so cocky, and I was talking about how I'd won Celebrity Mastermind. I don't yeah, like to right. talk about it, but I did. And um, Rob had also just won Celebrity Mastermind. Yeah, all right. And, uh, have you done Celebrity Mastermind? I did do Celebrity oh, Mastermind. God. I got like you did. I didn't. You. I thought I'd broken the record. I got thirty-five points, uh-huh. and I didn't win. Oh, thirty-five points, one pass. How many passes did you have? Uh, one. Yes. It was uh, what was Steve Martin's character in The Simpsons? Ooh, I still don't know. I still can't remember. No. Anyone know that? <laughs> Who? Ray Patterson. Ray Boom. Patterson. Wow. There you go, well done. I know. You can be with me and Pointless next time. Because Rob, and again, without wishing to spoil it, if you can imagine, when you've done a pre-show chat about how amazing you both are at quizzing, what would be the worst thing that could then happen? (laughs) And that was what happened. So, uh, yeah, it was really humiliating. Yeah. And, uh, well, I've done point uh, 15 to 1. Yeah, how would you get on there? Terrible. Okay. That's um, a tough. That's a tough one. Yeah, I crumbled. You've done. Um, oh, go and tell me about that first. You crumbled. It was uh, it, Dave Gorman was one side of me. Frank Skinner was the other side of me, yeah. and I had been a bit cocky, and I'd lost no lives again. You see, I'm seeing the pattern is I'm a little bit full of myself. Is the yeah. problem because uh, then it, I got one question wrong and went absolutely to bits, oh. and Gorman swept in. Yes. Yeah. He saw the weakness. That's what he does. That's how he lives his life. Yes, exactly. He was there waiting to pounce. But, uh, but yeah, he and Frank Skinner were both brilliant. And then I just did um, The Chase. Oh, I'd love to do The Chase. Oh, it's brilliant. You've got to do it. It's yeah, so good. they won't good. have me on. Oh, they will. They won't. Eventually someone will drop out. Okay. <laughs> Get on 
the phone to John Stapleton and say, listen, agree to do it and then do what we did the other time. Drop Wait, out the The one before. I want to be on. Have you been on this one? Tipping point. No. That's what I want to be on. I know. We can, only, we can all only dream of tipping point, Richard. I mean, you know, really there are some things that are beyond... The... I've become even... I've been, always been obsessed with tipping point, but I've now started wondering about Ben Shepherd and the internal monologue he has. <laughs> I can't work out whether he's happy with what's going on. Or whether just in his mind he's going, why is this good? Why do I have to keep coming in here to do this? There's only so much you can say about some revolving discs falling off at some shots. And I think Ben Shepherd is a very bright, you he know... It's, it's funny, isn't it, when you meet those daytime people because they have to kind of conceal their intellectual prowess. Like, Lorraine is one of the most brilliant women I have ever met. Yes. And I do... I, like, I long for the day that Lorraine retires, not because, I, you know, I will be devastated in so many ways, <laughs> but um, because I think she's going to go rogue. I think she's going to absolutely kind of go... Because, you know, she got um, horoscopes banned from uh, GMTV. Oh, did she? Yeah, because yeah. she was like, it's all bullshit. I'm not going to have them on the show. And I was like, fucking, she's amazing. <laughs> she's very good. Tell you the one that um, I liked, and I don't even know if it's on anymore, was the one... It was called something like The Edge... And they had to bowl. So you answered the general knowledge questions yeah. and then you had to bowl a ball. Did anyone see that one? It was the most unbelievably <laughs> shit thing you've ever see seen. Because they'd have to say... So, you know, the general knowledge questions were fine. But then, so they bowled this ball and obviously, you know, it went up and up and up. But then if you went over the edge, you yeah, were done yeah. for. And um, they had to... I can't remember who that... Who was the host of that? Mark Benton. Thank you. Mark Benton. Mark Benton. Mark Benton. Was it Mark Benton? It should have been anyway if it wasn't Mark Benton. Um, but the, and they kind of had to say, so what's your tactics going to be? And of course, every time it was, I'm going to try and throw it just hard enough, <laughs> but not too hard. I love that. There are some presenting gigs that you yeah. do think, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have brought any passion to that. <laughs> you were on. Never mind the full stops. Do you remember that? Oh my God. It's the grammar quiz with the Julian Fellows who wrote uh, <gasps> Downton Abbey later afterwards. Was that like for Sky or something? Yeah, it's for Sky. It was about punctuation. Were you on it as well? I was on it as well. Okay. I hated it. I've talked about it so many times. I just wondered if you had any stories about Julian Fellows I being a dick. I literally cannot remember yeah. doing it at all. Yeah. That's well, so bad. According to IMDb, you're on there. But you I know. probably. I, I remember doing What the Dickens. Yes, with, I did that as well. Uh, Sandy was yeah. hosting that, wasn't it? Yeah. Or Sue Perkins? Sa- Sandy or Sue. I think yeah. they might have swapped over in... Uh... <laughs> the interchangeable lesbians <laughs> of television. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, you've won a celebrity mastermind with 35 points, as anyone would expect. So, um... <laughs> You were better because you said they changed the rules or something, or they changed the timings. Or... They, uh, che- in my, I've said this stuff so much. In my Sorry. one, Sorry, I was I keeping count. I don't was, keep track. It was of me what versus you know. Hillary Kay from Antiques Roadshow. Who did antiques as a specialty subject, which is not allowed. <laughs> we got. She got one more than me. I got one wrong in the first bit. She got mm. all of hers right, mm. and we got exactly the same second half. Except she passed on two. So if I'd got one more point, I would have won. I was counting up. As she was going on to see, you know, and she got to 40, right? So I thought, oh, that's amazing, but she's won. And then they came down, and then they said, oh, there was a bit of a kerfuffle, and there was a bit of a pause, and they were in the recording, and they waited. And then they came back, and they said, and Henry Kay got 36 points. So obviously, they had just kept recording, and the bloke whose one job is to fucking ring the buzzer (laughs) two minutes... Forgot to ring the bus. Oh my god! And so whether they went back and really timed it properly to make sure that was in, because they would have had to do it at yeah. the end of a question 
when they put they couldn't have put it in because uh, old what's his face would about to say I've started so I've finished wouldn't he yeah and so old John Humphrey. so I think you know there's there's a lot I of controversial just, things they... in TV and this I think I was robbed of my celebrity mark I didn't make a fuss at the time they just didn't like you, did they? They didn't That's like the problem, me. Though. And John, it was his name, John Humphreys. John Humphreys, yeah. He went, when she won, he went, I'm delighted you've won. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> punched him. We had a controversy on the chase, actually. There did was you? an answer that Jay Rayner disputed. And uh, it, was very, it was really interesting because, you know, it's like... It's... He wasn't even on the chase, he just came in. <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot of time in his yeah. hands. But, um, no, because, you know, you don't really think what's going to happen. And, I mean, I personally wouldn't have had the balls to say, sorry, I think that's wrong. Yeah. But he did, and it was amazing. And they stopped the show, and the lawyer came down, and they kind of... It was, it was like, God, this is really... Yeah, this is yeah. sort of serious, serious yeah. stuff. It's a lot of money. You can do that in you can do that in Mastermind. You can challenge, but they have to stop the thing. Yeah. Because my la- if I got the, my last question after I I relaxed after that I got I was really going fast home and I get a beep 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 on the and I did it was just beep what beep beep. I thought like, yeah I got an extra question. <laughs> I got that question right. I was I'd have won basically. Yeah. And it was a question what four letter word describes food that is of no nutritional value, and I said fast food. And it's junk food. Junk. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I as see... I, was, I came in too fast. I had all the time in the world to stop and think about it. As I said, I knew it was sort of wrong, but I reckon I could have almost... Just, it, it wasn't... What wasn't you should right. do is go on again and every single question, yeah. dispute the question. Okay. And just grind them down. I would never... I wouldn't go on again. It was so... I, I still dream about it. Really? Yeah, I, I had such a... I had a dream where I was on, on, it was all just in a muddy field. It was all the chairs, and I had to walk <laughs> through mud to get to the... <laughs> That's you know, how much it affects me. Well, because the thing is, though, Rich, it, it's very different when you win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because I would, do you know, because I did University Challenge and uh, I was on a team with, um, it was a lovely woman called Christine Burns and uh, Jesse Armstrong, who writes Peep Show, and Judge Rinder, oh, nice. off of the dancing now. Yeah. Um, and we, uh, so it, the way you do it, so you go up to Manchester and, or to Salford rather, and you go to Salford and they record all of it in two days. So we did our first round <clears throat> and, um, and did very, very well in the first round. And then we and we were so kind of like, oh, we're all best mates. Everything's amazing because <laughs> obviously when you win, you feel fantastic. And we were all like, ah, oh, let's let's all stay in touch forever. We're like best friends forever. And then we lost the next round, and we all kind of went, yeah, right, bye, see you later. Because we, like, we put, we were like, whatever happens, we're going to go out and have dinner after the show. We're just going to, you know, we're going to enjoy ourselves. But then, yeah, when you win, yeah. it is such a horrible crushing. Because yeah. I mean, dying at a comedy gig is horrible but sort of losing a quiz is worse i think yeah i'd rather win pointless than celebrity mastermind though would you yeah uh you know <laughs> i shall i shall watch with interest your i'm next really good at, i'm really good at pointless <laughs> and i know it because the older i get now my memory is starting my yeah, memory is really amazing yeah, i used yeah, to get yeah, everything yeah. and now um, oh, and also, because now, any music after about 2000... Yeah. It's like when I listen to Popmaster in the morning, which I do every day. <laughs> and if any question starts, which 2012 album? I'm like, no, just no. Nothing. I've got nothing. And you just lose touch. That's the problem. You know everything up to a certain point, and then it's gone. It's a shame, isn't it? Mm. Then you die. Yeah. <laughs> 
So have you seen... Die never having one celebrity mastermind. Yeah. Or I've got no, no, fucking nothing. I'm the best at <laughs> trivia out of every so-called celebrity. If, if Jay Rain was a fucking celebrity, how did he get on the chase and I didn't get on? <laughs> so anyway, you know, have you... Um, I'm, I'm fine about it. So it's... <laughs> Um, have you seen the YouGov pages where they, you can find out what your fans are like? No. Uh, good. Uh, your fans... <laughs> your fans... Um, this is uh, it's quite interesting. I think it kind of works on what they are different from other people's fans on. But um, your... Last time we had um, Sarah Millican on and her fans just like chocolate cake and mash. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for from my fans. Well, your but, uh, fans are well. Your their fav- the favourite food of your fans yeah. is lamb handy. <laughs> Which and I don't, you know, I kind of. Do you know what's bit... happened here? Is I've got one fan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so clearly that isn't it? That lamb one handy, gone, which oh. I've never heard of. Second, scotch pie, which sounds like something <laughs> I've made up. Third. <laughs> Just, Scotch pie is just heroin. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, third, Sorry, that's a reason. Their third favourite food is Durango. <laughs> that's a what movie, is isn't that? it? <laughs> I think that's a Quentin Tarantino film. I'm not entirely yeah. sure. Their favourite uh, sport is Formula One. <laughs> Big, do you know, that's so hilarious. The only time I've ever had an argument with Leo Sayer yeah. was... <laughs> I mean, you can all tell your stories in a minute, but mine, um, I had been booked to be on, I think it was Talk Sport, and they, you know, I'd, I was plugging a show, and they said, will you go on Talk Sport? And they said, are there any sports that you're into? And I'm not at all. And they said, oh, you play poker a bit, don't you? So, yeah. So they said, oh, well, that would do. So I went on to talk about playing poker, and um, there was uh, the Formula One, some Formula One thing was going on, and they said to me at the end of my interview, they said, oh, so what do you think of Formula One? And I said, well, I just think it's a massive waste of petrol really you know I can't see the, but it's just all about who's got the best car it's not interesting and um, then we went to uh, an ad break and then came back and Leo Sayer who was at the Formula One thing who apparently is a massive fan of Formula One was incandescent <laughs> with rage and said I don't know who that woman you have on the show is but she's completely wrong and went on to berate me for about 10 minutes about what a, a, an incredibly complex sport Formula One was oh, wow. uh, I always liked him until yeah. Well, you, you riled him. When he's riled, he goes... He... <laughs> I just pictured his hair. Kind of... <laughs> the top Facebook pages of your fans... Go on. Number one, H.G. Wells. Good. Number two, Richard Herring. <laughs> 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 They're just looking you up going, well, I know she won Celebrity Mastermind, but I wonder... The third top Facebook page <laughs> is Windows. I don't know if that's just Windows in general or the computer software. Still an odd thing, isn't it? The third. We go, better go to the Windows Facebook page. Whichever Windows it is, it's fucking odd. Do they? Uh, oh, I love that Windows. This but I'm not on, your, on Twitter. I'm not in there. Tim, Dave Gorman, Tim Harford. Oh, yeah, yeah, Who's yeah. Tim Harford? Tim Harford does uh, more or less on the BBC, doesn't he? Okay. That's Tim Harford, yeah. Um, I think he was on University Challenge, though, at the okay. same, in the same batch that I was. So. Faisal Islam? Yeah, in the same University Challenge. Okay. It's people who like University Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Robin Ince. And Robin go. Ince, who I also shared a flat with in Edinburgh okay, before so your it's time. What, it's people are interested in who you've shared flats with <laughs> and where yes. you went to university. Um, I did a gig for you recently where you... Uh, well, quite recently, where you have... Um, 
mothers and babies in the lunchtime called Screaming with Laughter. Are you still yeah. doing those? Uh, no, you killed it off. <laughs> that was it. We never did. Um, no, I've handed it on to Have a you? wonderful woman called Hattie Ashdown. Oh, yes. Because I I re- my children are now four and six. Yeah. And I, the problem is I love babies too much, so I go along to those gigs and I will at some point steal a baby. <laughs> so uh, I didn't trust myself anymore to do it. It's a nice idea. As, an, as mm. a new parent, I kind of appreciate it. You have comedians. It's a lunchtime gig and you can bring your baby. Yes. <laughs> and then the comedians come on. But then it's, as a comedian, it's quite an odd it's really gig to awful. do <laughs> because there are lots of crying babies in the audience, which doesn't usually happen there's usually one crying baby in an audience. <laughs> Normally <laughs> people cry and soil themselves. But what was interesting is that it was, I think all, it was all women uh, comedians, uh, apart from me on mine, and, then, and the babies cried in all of them. And yes. I came on and the babies all were quiet when yeah, I spoke. Yeah, daddy's home. Yeah. <laughs> and you may well have been the daddy, who knows, with you, with your reputation. Chis- it was in Chiswick. Uh, it's, my, <laughs> it's my stomping ground for yummy mummies. All the second kids are mine. <laughs> <laughs> well it is a funny it's it's a nice thing i started doing it when my babies were babies yeah. and it was just a way for me to get out of the house and see my mates and i thought oh, it'd be an, it's more of a social enterprise than a, a comedy gig really because it's you know it's really nice when you are because normally you go to things like baby bounce and rhyme time and horrible swimming clubs where you have to stand there holding a baby in the shallow end getting really cold and baby massage where you grease up your baby and then it tries to get away from you and it's all you know (laughs) so uh, i thought it'd be a really nice thing to do it is it is a really nice thing but i think the main thing that it does is legitimize daytime drinking for new parents (laughs) so they can be quite interesting audiences because also people are you know you're not when you first have a baby you're absolutely nuts everybody is because you're sleep deprived it's a and it's it's normally first time parents who come and so, yeah, they're completely sort of insane and laughing like... <laughs> and, you know, when people do dirty stuff, they absolutely love it because, you know, once you have a baby, you are completely desexualized. So it's kind of lovely when... I always get young, you know, like 20-something, the blokes, the really blokey blokes along, and it completely terrifies them because they have all these kind of new mums sort of laughing but also kind of rubbing their legs slightly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot of fun. Good. I'm going to ask you some of my... You were very good, by the way. Was I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. It was, um, it, was, it was tricky. You shouldn't have talked quite so much about post-childbirth genitals, maybe, but... <laughs> I love the way you were saying how weird it is to meet someone when they've just come out of some genitals screaming. Yeah. It's like, imagine meeting them when they've just come out of your genitals. I know. That's awkward. <laughs> It's a weird situation. It would be more awkward if they come out of my genitals. <laughs> <laughs> some things have come out there. I mean, some living things have come out of there, but I just stamp on them now and make sure they don't. <laughs> Not making that mistake again. <laughs> they're very hardy, though, though. You'll watch out for them. They're still... Kicking down a drain and they're flourishing in the sewers. <laughs> That's will. the problem. They'll find their way up. Uh, I'm going to ask you an emergency question. I want to, I've been asking most people this. I've got a couple I definitely want to ask you, uh, but I definitely want to ask you um, uh, this one. Uh, if uh, what I don't want to make sure I phrase it correctly. I think I can remember it. Oh, it just, actually, I have, oh yes. If you had to do a human centipede with two other people, <laughs> you are in the middle. Okay. But you get to choose the person, the people who are attached at either end. Who would you? Attached to your mouth and anus. Okay. Okay, front, yep. Kim Wilde. Okay, nice. Rear, Jeremy Clarkson. Okay. 
I don't really want to elaborate any further. Okay. But, uh, Kim Wilde's a very good choice. I just, I love Kim Wilde. Yeah. I'd do anything with her. And she probably, she's a gardener now, isn't she? She probably eats quite fresh produce. Yeah. So that probably would be earthy, so bad. but yeah. that's fine. Earthy well, you know, it's everything's going to be earthy from where you're, from where you're crouching. <laughs> good, good answer. Um, have you ever met Brian Blessed? Uh, I've, no, I've met Robin Ince uh, doing his oh, he does impression the many, many times. Uh, no, no, I... Mm, no. Okay. There's no, way, there's no way of spinning that if you haven't met him. Well, I was trying to think if there was any kind of, uh, you know, I could have been the baby that he bit the umbilical cord of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't even think that would work time-wise. My husband's a huge fan of Brian Blessed yeah, and can do a very good Brian Blessed right. impersonation with his massive lungs. Yes. But, um, yeah, we, we fall out over... Uh, he likes the film Flash. Yes. And it was only through discovering that he liked the film Flash that I discovered he liked the band Queen, <laughs> which has now become possibly the fault line in our marriage. Oh, really? That is, I don't, I'm talking about it in the tour that I'm doing at the moment. Yeah. I talk about how much I despise the band Queen. Wow. And it's, I know, it, it, I mean, this is... it is homophobia that's the main problem? Mainly. <laughs> I understand yeah. Yeah, you I should just... be pretty happy, really. Then, <laughs> if that's the problem, <laughs> I know, I do feel it all worked out well for you. It's the... <laughs> no, I don't. It, do you know what? Actually, I'd never thought about it, but I, I do prefer Brian May to Freddie Mercury. So do maybe you? that is yeah. a little. Uh... Oh, was it Brian May and I? Well, because Justin's been in EastEnders, as has Brian May's oh, spouse. Yes, yes, of course. We both got big hair. Yes, I'm fond of badgers. Yes. you know, I'd probably get on with Brian May. Yeah. Um, but I despise his music. What do you not like? The Queen is very catchy, isn't it? And yeah, that's Shaun the problem. Of the Dead and... It's just banal nonsense. <laughs> I just don't get me started because I, I will go into routine, and yeah. I don't want to. I don't okay, want to sully that. the audience with that. <laughs> with me suddenly standing up and doing a bit of my show, but it's um, they come and see the show, and I oh, will, will unleash my. What's thoughts. the show called? It's called Consequences. Ah, yes, it mm. is. And you're on at the Soho Theatre. We think you'll be by the time this goes out. It's in March. Sometime. Yeah, it should be all right. I think we should be all right. Down in the base, in a rival, rival London theatre to this yeah. one. It's all right. We're, we're allowed. They've got a. This one's bigger. It is. You're doing better. Thank you me. may not have won Celebrity Mastermind, no. but you are doing better. <laughs> Only with having you on my show, though. That's, <laughs> that's how I've managed to get the, to fill the room. Uh, good. Well, it's a shame you haven't met Brian Blessed. That has let my afternoon down. I'll ask you this instead. Mm-hmm. See if we get, can get out of it. Um, <laughs> I'll ask you first of all: Have you ever seen a ghost? Oh, no. Oh. I think they're bollocks. I thought um, you go, ooh, like it was... <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got a great story about that. No. I did once... I once stayed in Jamie Theakston's house when he wasn't there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which he may be freaked out by. I had yeah. a friend who knew Jamie Theakston and we went to stay in his house and she had a dog with her and there was a room in Jamie Theakston's house that the dog wouldn't go into. Wow. And, uh, and it was kind of... Because it was like a lovely big old, you know, like I think Anne Boleyn had lived there at some point. Oh, it was a lovely old pile. And, um, and the dog was happily pottering around. And there was this one door that the dog got to, and it was like... <laughs> and, um, and, you know, we were like, oh, we'll go and have a look. And we were sort of thinking, it could be a ghost or it could be a sex dungeon. Yeah, we're not sure. <laughs> Very easily. It was neither. It was neither. <laughs> I should say that. <laughs> Do sperm have dreams? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, do. do they have aspirations and hopes? I mean, they must. They might. They've got something driving them on, haven't they? 
I mean, it's sort of weird, isn't it, when you think probably sperm are like all of us, where you believe you are something, but you are just one of millions and you're eventually swallowed up into something that you don't really understand. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. We're all sperm, in a way. (laughs) Aren't we all sperm? I think we're all sperm, really. You know, you 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 were talking about your... um... You, you were um, talking about your dream about Mastermind. I yeah. had a dream last night about doing this show, and I dreamed that we were doing a cookery item. Okay, we can do that. I know, maybe we should. <laughs> it didn't involve sperm. Because <laughs> <laughs> it did a lot when you stayed in the flat uh, with me. Not that you knew about it. <laughs> How do you spell diarrhoea? <gasps> D-I-A-R-R... H-O-E-A. Fucking hell, that's good. So, a round of applause for... I can never spell that. I have to look it up every single time. And I write it a lot more than you'd think. <laughs> the good thing is, though, once you've got diarrhoea, you've got gonorrhoea. Yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a handy thing in life, isn't it? Um, OK, I'm going to go back to... Oh, this is my question to find out, you know, if you're a regular person or not. How much is a pint of bull semen? <laughs> I've got a fan who, who, I don't want to say makes bull semen. I don't think he does that. But he, his job is to sell bull semen. So he could, he could answer that question for you, but I, I can't give you no. the correct answer. No. Uh, back to the proper questions. They were very sperm-based, and I apologise for that. <laughs> it was just the way, the, 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 it, the way it fell. Uh, so you've re- you're writing a sitcom for Radio 4. It's, you've written it. It's out. The fair. It's, by the time this goes out, it yeah. would have been and gone. The Fair Intellectual The Fair Intellectual Club. So you did this as a play in Edinburgh, like, Two years ago? Yeah, I did a play in Edinburgh called The Fair Intellectual Club, which was based on the true story of a secret society of girls who, uh, sort of at the dawn of the Enlightenment in the early 18th century, they decided that they were watching their brothers studying all these exciting advances in science and maths and stuff, and they weren't getting to do any of it. So they had this little secret society where they all met up in each other's rooms, and they read up on some exciting topic, and then they'd all discuss it uh, in a little secret society. But they got found out because one of them got a boyfriend and she told her boyfriend about the secret society and he blabbed to his mates so it's a lovely thing it's about sort of female intellectualism and uh, and about the enlightenment it's also about how you can never trust men that's <laughs> good and so then that's so is the, is the sitcom the same as the player of you taking the, the sitcom is like a really silly version of it right. i've never it was the first sitcom i've ever written and right. i have to say you know i know you've done it and it is so hard is. to i mean i think particularly hard uh, adapting something that was a play into six half hours of what i discovered was the characters had to kind of become a lot more broad and um you know and there is you know with the sitcom you have to sort of reinvent it every week and uh i found yeah i found it really 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 difficult and they pay so badly on the radio so oh you have to my work very god hard. do you know that is i remember my um auntie was saying oh you're doing really well <laughs> we hear you on the radio all the time and uh and i it's it, i mean this sounds awful because I know a lot of people do much harder things for much less money, but the the perception of how much you make for doing yeah. sort of radio stuff is, I think, very different to the reality. Because you do, like, even because you think about, it, you realise how much you're being paid, and then you think about the really famous radio people, and you go like, you know, Nicholas Parsons lived in a skip, basically. <laughs> you know, it's um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's 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 in in a way excessively well paid for what it is, but at the same time, it really isn't. Yeah. I've just, I've got, I've just, I've got, I'm writing a four-part sitcom, and I've just been told how much I'm getting paid for it. Mm. 
quite depressed. <laughs> so, uh, I, especially Thank if they, God you've got if this. They, if they yeah. told me at the end, it would have been okay, but like, I've got to do it and then think, oh. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think as well, it's because we are inherently lazy. Because as comedians, you know, you sort of you get into a certain lifestyle where you work very late but then you get up late and you're a bit sort of I mean I take the kids to school and go back to bed basically that is what <laughs> I do and um and so then when you have to make a real effort to do something yeah. you feel like well you should pay me a million pounds <laughs> because I think with a sitcom it takes so long if you're going to do it properly it takes so long yeah. like it takes a year really mm. so that's what you know I think to mm. create the characters and then the situations and then write it sometimes you can do it really quickly but and it's also because it is the sort of culmination of usually years of yeah. trying to get it away because it's such a torturous process, even on radio. Yeah. You know, it's it's very rare. That, I mean, mine was one of the quickest transitions I've ever known for anything yeah, yeah. from stage to, to radio. But, yeah, it's, I mean, I should say also I'm not being ungrateful. You know, when you <laughs> sort of think, I, I really do want to work again. Um, so. I am being ungrateful <laughs> and I don't want to work again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I'm very excited about it. Um, I don't, do, you know, I don't do this job for money. Thank God. Uh, I think because you know there was all that stuff about transparency of pay at the BBC, and yeah. you know, obviously the people who are being paid a lot of money are very anxious about it. Whereas people like me, we're like, please tell everyone how much we get paid, <laughs> because then people won't email me all the time telling me I'm shit. <laughs> because then you'll be like, oh my God, is that all you get? Okay, fair enough then. You know, I wouldn't expect. I'm embarrassed. To be, be too embarrassed. I don't want people to know i want them to pretend that i'm in the, <laughs> the higher bracket uh is the i read a thing i don't know if this was you being just cheeky to an interviewer that you claimed your dad wrote mull of kintyre is that a true story or that's is that, completely true is it and i'm still waiting for the money from that okay. that's my dad uh, used to work in a chemist shop in croydon and uh, paul mccartney came in one day and yeah. my dad was singing a ditty <laughs> And uh, and Paul McCartney took that melody yeah. and he turned it into Mull of Kintyre, which is one of the highest selling singles of all time. Right. And my dad has never seen a penny of that yeah. money. And he's uh, sadly died this year. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, not, you know, I mean, I kind of feel like we need to spread the word more. I've sort yeah. of gently been mentioning it and rolling it out. Yes. But I'm kind of hoping to start some kind of legal proceedings <laughs> by, by the end of the year. Do you think that's how Paul McCartney wrote all of his songs? Yeah. Just in yeah. listening to chemists singing? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, legendarily, Scouse shopkeepers are very tuneful. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, that was the sort of big early catalogue. And then, you know, they went over to India. They didn't write much. That's true. And he just dreamt yesterday, he said. That's what Paul McCartney said. Oh, I dreamt it. He just dreamt it. Oh, I dreamt it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, there's there's a fishmonger somewhere. Yeah. Who could tell a different tale? He's not even the real Paul McCartney. He's the real Paul McCartney died in 1963. <laughs> so it's, it's that's why he has to copy the chemist. The real Paul McCartney wouldn't have done that. No. But the the, the Paul. Yeah. Fake Paul. He's desperate for ideas. Just check out his earlobes. That's what I'm saying. You just look at his earlobes. Because all of them were originally like my dad's. Mull of Kintyre was originally yeah. called Cough Medicine. <laughs> I'm making some linctus for you. And, you know, yeah. he ditched the lyrics and he just kept the melody. Yeah. And that's what all of the... Yesterday was originally called... Uh, uh, was it originally called it Dover was... Soul? It was Dover Soul. It was a fish <laughs> I it was believe origin... in Dover Soul. <laughs> Why actually... you swam away? Anyway... When he woke up, this yeah. is a true Paul McCartney story that many yeah. people will know. He woke up with a tune and he made up lyrics, mm-hmm. which were scrambled eggs, 
Oh Baby I Love Your Legs. That was the original, uh, that was the original lyrics to uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. That's just for fact fans <laughs> who may enjoy quizzes. That comes up on Pointless. You'll be glad if you're in Pointless that day. <laughs> do you, when you watch stuff, do you think, oh, I must remember that for point if I'm ever on Pointless again? Like Kevin Spacey's in a film called Heartburn is a very tiny part. And I've learnt that in case I get yeah. the films with Kevin Spacey. <laughs> It's things like the uh, sizes of champagne bottles. Yeah. Uh, I did. I had for a time next to the toilet all the American states and their capitals oh, yeah, yeah. that side, and then all the British kings and queens that side. Right. And every time I had occasion to linger on the toilet, yeah. I would kind of look at it, and it didn't go in. No, I just tried. I to think learn I was it. concentrating too hard on. I tried business. to. I tried to practice. I tried to learn stuff on, in the cab on the way to Pointless, which is yeah, the most pointless yeah. thing you can do. <laughs> Because you start quizzing yourself. Like, I like um, Paul Simon. I know so much about Paul Simon. And then you start... And uh, Kurt Vonnegut. I know so much about Paul... Yep. Kurt, and in the cab then I was thinking, so what would you say if it was Kurt Vonnegut? And I couldn't think of a single Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> so then I had to go, I better learn all the Kurt Vonnegut yeah. titles because that would be embarrassing because I'm a fan of his. But I can't, and, and somebody, Paul Simon, I couldn't remember anything. So I had to check them. And it's kind of... That's a pointless thing to try and try, try and revise for pointless. The whole of human knowledge yeah. of well, all like time. Like in yeah. an hour on the way there. Yeah. Anyway. People aren't as interested in Pointless as you and I. No. So uh, you were also in uh, an Edinburgh play of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with Christian Slayer and Davy Johns. I know, who is now, now. the Oscar-winning Davy Johns. Because yeah. uh, he had... So Dave Johns is a brilliant comedian who has had this incredible break. He's in Ken Loach's I Am Daniel Blake, as Daniel Blake. And... Uh, it's you know because in one Flo- he is a brilliant actor as well but i mean in one flew over the cookie's nest he and i had the two smallest parts right. so i had two lines and he had one line which was fuck them all <laughs> and that was literally all he said for two hours in the uh, in the play so it's yeah it's amazing but that was that could have been you who went on to be daniel blake I know, well, I'm hoping Ken Loach will cast, uh, we'll look around next time. And I was playing a tiny nurse. (laughs) And what was Christian Slater like to to work with? That was was kind of an odd juxtaposition of him suddenly appearing in the Edinburgh Fringe. Well, because at that time, because Edinburgh now, lots of people come and do plays and they have big names in plays, but he was like the the first, really, that kind of the first sort of big Hollywood guy who'd said, I'll come over and do it. And I mean, it was just brilliant watching the complete culture shift for him from Hollywood, from LA, from being treated like a celebrity to going to Edinburgh where many, many Glaswegians would call him a cunt on a regular basis. (laughs) (laughs) In a nice way, but they're going, hey, a cunt. And he'd be like, oh, okay. Um, But yeah, no, he was was like a puppet. It was like having this crazy little puppy. Uh, It was so excited because, of course, you know, the thing about LA is it is very glamorous, but it's it's not very much fun Mm. a lot of the time. They don't tend to drink in the same way that we do they don't so yeah he had an amazing time and we all dicked about it was like being at university because we there was um 15 of us in the cast and it was mostly comedians and we all i mean i had two lines and so i did very little work every night but then i we used to go out to clubs every night and be and you'd be treated amazingly because they were all very excited to have christian slater in the room so they would bring out bottles of champagne very much like the pains are enjoying tonight the bottles of champagne and you know and it would be amazing and then christian slater would go home and then immediately the shutters would come down and they'd go right no more champagne for you now that's it you're you're just no marks but it was yeah it was really good do you still chat with christian slater on 
phone at night and stuff. We've lost touch. Have you? That's a shame. We've lost touch. Talking of the pains, do you have a Matthew Payne? Would you like to ask Lucy Porter a question? Yeah. Yes. Okay. What would you like to ask? Don't make it a good one. I'll try. Don't, make, don't, don't be rude. <laughs> Oh. Which is best? Have I got news for you or the news quiz? Which is best? Which is best with reasoning? Have I got news for you or the news quiz? Do you know what? Because before, when we were talking in the dressing room, I said, if you're going to ask me a question, just make it really flattering. Make it like, how do you manage to be so clever and so beautiful at the same time? (laughs) But what you've done there is you've gone for... It's a subtle... It's like, yeah, yeah, I have done both. (laughs) That's I like that. They've kind of bigged me up without it being noticeable if I hadn't just explained it to everyone. Um... I, uh, well, do you know, my, my first love is radio yeah. because for all that we've said about how terribly badly paid it is, it is just so relaxed. I mean, it's kind of like this where you just, it's, it's relaxing, you're having a chat. Um, and yeah, ask about who you'd have attached to your anus. Exactly, um, that's exactly. exactly that's what, what I live for. That's yeah. the kind of stuff that <laughs> makes me get out of bed in the morning. Um, thinking about sucking on Kim Wilde's anus. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what it's all about for me, showbiz. So, um, uh, But yeah, no, the news quiz is... I tell you what the news quiz is very good for. It's because you are in... So the live recording, There's it's Radio 4 audience and all you have to say is Michael, Michael goes to shit and they're like, ah, hey, well done you. Um, and, and loads of it gets cut out and you can say incredible... I mean, some of the things like that Jeremy Hardy says that don't make the broadcast are phenomenally funny. And, you know, it's just such a nice recording process. And Miles Jupp is yeah. a... And Sandy Toxvig and Miles Jupp are amazing. Whereas with uh, Have I Got News For You, you never know who you're going to get. Okay. I had Anne Widdicombe once. And that was tough. That was, you know, because I always think, I've always been very much a girl's girl and, you know, like, well, you know, there's always some point of commonality with most women you ever meet, you know, it's just one of those things. And um, Anne would come nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> we just, I, I just couldn't connect to her because she's one of those women who I think, and understandably, and I do feel, I feel absolutely she, whatever you think of her politics, and I think they're horrific, but she, she did, you know, she was a pioneer and she was a groundbreaking woman in politics but I think some women then get that thing of well I you know it was I I did it the hard way so why shouldn't everyone else and she's always the first person to defend sexists and misogynists and it's like oh well you know I just put up with it and I think Anne come and live with me for a while and I'll soften you and kind of make you realise there is another That's what way. I think a band would come as well. I want. Yeah. <laughs> She's on my celebrity shag list. And really yeah. <laughs> Just as a you know, to add a little bit a of challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge. And a, <laughs> add a little bit of surprise. Who else, Who else is uh, on? It keeps, it's it's ever changing. Uh, Rebecca from uh, uh, Let's Play. <laughs> Uh, it's now yeah. mainly it's CB- good. I'm glad some other it's, people because she is lovely. It's she mainly CBeebies based. Yeah, now. it used to be kind of science fiction based, and now it's. it's I know Fenella from Furchester Hotel, <laughs> who I met. I went to the Furchester Hotel because I wrote about them, <laughs> and so I was invited there. And the lady who uh, there's a, it's actually a puppet. I didn't know, but it's the lady. <laughs> The lady who operates it was quite was being quite fruity with me. Was she? And she met, in, in front of my wife, who was also there. So well, was, a Furchester never it, gives up, of course. Exactly. Uh, and she was making them puppet nibble my ear and stuff. It was Ooh. yeah, quite nice. It's very good. So uh, <laughs> I haven't got. I don't think I've got any puppets on my no, list. No, I might. I might. Well, like you, I've had experiences with puppets that have changed my. <laughs> 
that you know have altered my perspective. <laughs> so it's different for you. And uh, don't know. I liked uh, Amy Pond, the character of Amy Pond, but not the actress who plays. Have you, who's on yours? Have you got? Are you allowed to? Are you allowed to? I don't really have one no. to be honest. I mean, I, I it's a weird. I think it's a really weird thing when people have that. Kind yeah. Or because you know the thing is you could. I mean, you know, you could meet like Leo Sayer might have yeah. been on mine. Yeah. And then I would then go, oh no, but I've met him and he, um, he he's very angry about my feelings on Formula One. So, you know, it's uh, no, I find it a weird concept. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, once you've been married for a bit and you're a bit older, it's just it's too much effort, isn't it? I know. I mean, yeah. God, it's I, I, sort of being married, it's like, it's like being a neutered animal, isn't it? You, sort of, <laughs> you, kind of, you take more interest in food and interiors, really, yeah. than, uh, than that. Yeah, kind of just business. enjoy yourself while you're young and single. It's, that's. <laughs> No, but do because you don't mind. No. It's not like you're sort of thinking, "Oh, I wish I was, oh, I wish I was down." You know, get, okay, you do. All right, you do. I wish I was 25 years old again. Is all that's all I wish. I could have another little sweep through. Just for like how yeah, long? Yeah, like, another go. How... For 25 years, and then I'd be 50 again, <laughs> and then I'd be then I go. This time, I'm happy to. It's just it's the irreversible nature of aging that is the. That you don't really understand Oh, but that's the until... comfort. Imagine if it wasn't irreversible. Imagine if you were one of those jellyfish that can regress. Yeah. It would be horrific, because then you'd think, God, I might... Because you wouldn't do it any better the second time, and you wouldn't sleep with better people, and you wouldn't make better choices, and you wouldn't be a better person. You would be the I'm same disappointing... The same. I'm happy to do it the same. <laughs> and just be young again for a bit. It's just, you know, I'm 50 next year. But, I mean, you know, you've always People been... People are amazed, they can't believe it, because you hear that, can't, that, can't, that, can't be, yeah, that can't be true. Yeah, that can't be true. He looks like he's 25. <laughs> he's so immature. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But you, are, you will always be simultaneously 80 and 12. No, You're just will. one of those people, you know. It's, uh, that's our lot in life. Oh dear, it's lovely to see you. I don't. I think we might have to. That was to, a slightly depressing. We end. might have to. <laughs> we might have to I'm, I'm seeing if there's any way out of uh, of this. No, I think let's just, just got, let it peter out. Got, talking about I'm, death. All I'm seeing is giant husband. That's all I can see on the <laughs> giant, giant. Ask her about a giant husband. <laughs> let's see what. Well, let's see if I can do. Oh, let's. I'll ask you this uh, series of questions. We'll see what we get out of this. Okay. Um, what is the most impressive celebrity that ever came to visit your school when you were at school? Did any famous person? It was Alan Beath, MP. Wow. Of the Lib Dems. And you knew straight away. And yeah. it was Alan... And it was... Oh, I know this. It was Alan Beath. <laughs> I was very taken with him. Yeah, he came to talk in, you know... And I was in the sixth form as well. Yeah. We'd never had a celebrity in before. And, I mean, he looks like a pasty. He's like sort of this kind of slightly... Um, but I was... You know, it was my first taste of... Oh, celebrity does something to people. Because he spoke and he was very passionate and he you know talked about politics and I you know I was a, a kind of lib dem I mean you know never mind clegmania <laughs> I had beef beef frenzy uh, for a while um, did any other future apart from yourself did any other future celebrities go to school with you um, at the same time as me no but uh, Jan Leeming went to my school wow I know um, so yeah that was all we needed really me yeah, and Jan Leeming I think that will do they can shut the school now they can that's they're done impressive. did the siblings of any celebrities <laughs> teach at your school have you got a story about yeah. this okay no I've told her earlier okay um, Rick Buckler from the Jams uh, brother taught art at our school that's very good he was called Mr Buckler Mr Buckler uh, yeah. that's very good yeah. 
Um, we had my friend Joe Nove was yeah. the niece of Charles Nove, who okay. used to do the nighttime show on BBC Radio Two. <laughs> right. Okay. That's not what I asked. <laughs> and if it even if it had been, it would still have been a poor example. <laughs> Have you ever seen a famous TV animal in real life? <laughs> you'd think you'd know that straight Alan Beath straight away. <laughs> You're hoping, oh yeah, yeah, I met Goldie from... Yeah. It, I'm going to walk away, and I'm gonna, when Peter's on later, I'm going to run back onto the stage. You can, you can come you. back on and say... Because I bet I will have done. I bet I okay. will have done. Um, I'll ask you one more question, and let's hope it's... Let's hope it's a good one. Let's not build it up too no, I'm gonna, much. I'm going to try and find a new one. I but... mean, to be honest, what do you think has the best question been so far? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just work from that. The, then... How do you spell diarrhoea was a, hi- a highlight for me. Do you know what? I might actually... Uh, I, I will clip that. Yeah. And, and put that somewhere okay. prominent on my website. Okay. <laughs> All right, this is the one. You ready? Yeah. Have you ever met a shepherd? <laughs> Do you know, of all the questions you could have asked, yeah. I, I was thrown out of a sheep shearing display. <laughs> That's hilarious, You're yeah. thrown out of a sheep shearing school? I got thrown out of a... Um, we went to, you know, those sort of country farms yeah. that they have, those farm parks, and um, I got in an, into an altercation with the shepherd who was doing the sheep shearing yeah. display, and I got escorted out of wow. the... Um, what was the altercation <laughs> in regard? What did you do? How he, old were you when you did this? No, this was like last year. Right, okay. <laughs> What, this what, is terrifying. What reason. form did the altercation take? So you shit at sheep shearing. No, he was a very good shearer. Okay. He was a very good shearer because I, like, I mean, I go to a lot of these country farm parks, and there's always it's either falconry or sheep shearing, okay. and I'm now an expert in both. And um, and this the sheep shearer came out, and he was a new one because I've seen you know most yeah. of the ones who are currently working on the UK circuit, <laughs> and um, and he came out and he had this. Uh, this lovely looking sheep yeah lovely sheep okay. and he was just really because you know often they do like a joke for the mums and dads like they'll come out and I don't do really it. know no I don't, <laughs> don't really know much about have you not been no, when not Phoebe's been. a bit older you okay. will go you will go to these things and they okay. do because they, they, they you know they want to make it a bit interesting for the mums and dads yeah. and so they normally do a kind of you know hey guys what do you call a Welshman with a sheep under each arm a pimp or you yeah. know what, did you hear in New Zealand they've just found two brand new uses for sheep meat and wool Right, yeah. um, but so you know, classic, your classic sheep shagging gags. But I this... just fuck this sheep. That's what I do. I, I just fuck this. <laughs> well, that's what he did. That was it. He what? was the Richard Herring of sheep shearing. <laughs> Because he did, he just came out and he went. He went. Oh, yeah, this little this little lady. Oh, she's a bit of a wriggler. Oh, oh, not like my ex-wife. Oh, oh no, I'm going to have to force her head down now. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, wow. force her head down. Yeah, not the first time I've done that, eh, guys? Oh, and then, then he said the worst one was because we was talking like they always do a bit of lanolin chat where they tell you about lanolin. Did the men when he said that not, not the first time I've done that, guys? Go well, not with a sheep. <laughs> no. Well, a you sheep. know, it was it was such a weird. Because like everyone was a bit oh, and then he did, he said he said oh yeah this is lady she's got lanolin and lanolin's a kind of grease which means she comes with her own lubrication. <laughs> and I, it, I, so anyway, so I I know and there's a yeah. rule in comedy where you never heckle another comedian. But yeah. I'm looking at this guy thinking, well, he's a shepherd. I don't yeah, know if the same rules of professional courtesy still apply. Yeah. So I did. I I heckle, well, I didn't heckle him. I tutted, but I tutted very loudly. <laughs> 
And then you were thrown out. And then the sheep people, the security, the sheep security. A a youth in a (laughs) t-shirt. Let's not be. uh, It doesn't take much security to get me out of a building, as you can imagine. But yeah, they um, they said, "I'm sorry, madam. Could you? uh, You're you're upsetting the uh, the sheep shearer. Could you leave?" (laughs) And I had to just with your tut. Yeah. Don't come here and tut at our sheep shearer. And he was. I was like, he's the one who's who's you know talking about bestiality and. Anyway, it's it was, a different world. It's a different world. The shepherd world is a different. I know. Well, they're, they're still... very, you know, they're very rough and ready in the shepherd world, aren't they? They're. Uh... <laughs> well, there you go. Who'd have thought that would lead to such a? I good, know. Uh, <laughs> such a good answer. Uh, good. Well, uh, it's been really lovely to talk to you. Go and see Lucy uh, on tour uh, whenever she's on. She's on tour all the time. Aren't you? I am. Yeah. You show every working. year. You doing the Edinburgh Fringe 2017? Yeah. See you at the Edinburgh Fringe 2017, where I may also be for a first time in two years. Yeah. We why won't not, be sharing a flat this time, though, will we? Won't. Because I'm not going to mix our children together. That okay. would be. In fact, we could put them in a flat. Yeah. And then we could live somewhere else. That'd you be nice. just in case. It was genuinely. I, I didn't like going to Edinburgh very much, and it was that those three or four years. We all. That was just the best time. We I did had have fun. Didn't it was. We? A, it was a really good. We house. did have a lot of fun. Oh, I wish we could go back, but you can't go back. No. That was. We were only like early, late thirties then. I was. That would have been fine. No, but now we're on the inexorable march towards death, aren't yeah, we, Richard? So that's so. Uh, I'll probably be, that will probably have killed me by the time this I goes know, out. So that is. We'll think we laughed at yeah. the time, and it was some awful. Was, that was yeah. it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, massive round of applause for my guest, Lucy Porter. Beautiful Lucy Porter. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Richard Aaron's Left the Square Theatre Podcast with me returning and my guest, little Lucy Porter. The music's by Pest. Thank you to the British Comedy Guy. Thank you to Go Faster Stripe. Thank you to the Leicester Square Theatre for letting me do all this stuff in your various arenas. The producer is Ben Walker. It's a Sky Potato Fuzz and Go Faster Stripe production. Hey, if you like this stuff, go to richherring.com, check out my gigs, or go to gofasterstrike.com and check out my DVDs. And also check out all their other DVDs there. There's really fantastic stuff from lesser-known comedians who can't get deals with proper DVD makers. I have to go to Chris Evans on that one. He's very good. I'm only kidding. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.